You are listening to episode number four of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. Hey, teacher friend. In this episode, we are kicking off a series for the rest of January on different strategies for engaging your students with simple methods that will make your life easier and not harder, because that's the whole point of this podcast. In this episode specifically, I'm going to share how I structure the first five minutes of my class period to make sure that my students are engaged from the moment they walk in the classroom. Are you ready to hear more? Let's get to it. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you about a fun giveaway I'm doing to celebrate the launch of the podcast this month. So I created this show to support as many secondary science teachers as possible, and I would love your help to get the word out in order to do that. And to thank you for helping by sharing the podcast, two winners are going to be selected at the end of this month, and you can receive either $100 in store credit to the It's Not Rocket Science resource shop, or you can pick an It's Not Rocket Science custom Arctic tumbler and a $30 TPT gift card. So it's your choice, whichever of those two options you prefer. And so all you have to do to enter the giveaway is share this podcast somewhere on social media with your teacher friends. So this could be in a teacher Facebook group or on your Instagram stories. And after you share, you just need to DM me a screenshot of your post as your entry on Instagram. It's easy peasy. So if you go to the show notes, I will link my Instagram page at its.not.rocket.science and you can send it to me there. And for a bonus entry, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps to reach more educators and help other teachers who might benefit from the podcast to find us here. And again, at the end of the month, I will select two winners from all the entries and those two winners can choose which prize they prefer. Okay, now that I've made sure not to forget telling you about that, I want to introduce a series we're going to be walking through the rest of the month on the podcast. So if you listen to episode one, and the story of how and why I started It's Not Rocket Science and the Secondary Science Simplified podcast, then you know that my mission is to help secondary science teachers engage their students and simplify their lives so that teaching doesn't have to be rocket science. So over the next four episodes, I will be sharing some of my favorite strategies for engaging students without exhausting yourself. Because again, the point is that this is simple. I'm not trying to give you more work on your plate. And so for this episode, we're going to start with how to engage your students in the first five minutes of class. This is something I am incredibly passionate about because I think the first five minutes are the most important part of the entire class period. I feel like they set the tone from a management perspective and from a procedural perspective. And so I call this time prime time. And I created prime times as just a fancy word for how I do bell ringers. But I see them as so much more than just bell ringers. 
I found that they're the foundation of my classroom routine, and they're also my number one tool for formatively assessing my students. So if you haven't ever instituted a daily bell ringer to kick off class, or you have tried and you have hated it, stick with me in this episode, because I'm going to share with you three reasons why I found them so incredibly effective, and then five really specific practical strategies for implementing them in a way that will reduce your workload rather than adding to it. So first, let me tell you why I think they're so effective. One is that I truly believe that the most important time of that class period is the first five minutes. It helps so much procedurally if your students know that they come in, they sit down, and they get started right away. Prime times get my students settled and focused and thinking about my subject ready to learn within the first five minutes, which really sets us up for success with the other remaining 50 or 85 minutes that I have left with students, depending on if you're on a traditional or block schedule. And my students specifically have really appreciated the established routine each and every day. They like walking in the class and knowing what is expected of them. It relieves a lot of their anxiety to walk into a place where they don't have to be in control and they can trust their teacher is leading them and they know what to expect. They walk in and they get started. There's no lollygagging in the halls or sitting on each other's desks chatting about, you know, where they're getting their prom dress before the bell rings. Your students, if you train them well, will walk in, sit down, and start working. And I treasure this silence when the bell rings because I don't know about you, but I like to be in the hallway between classes so that I can greet my students. But that means that I don't have that transition period to then switch over my classes very easily from one class to the next. And if your class schedule is anything like mine was my last few years in the classroom full-time, I had five different preps. So I was constantly having to pull up you know, a new PowerPoint or pull out new materials or things like that. So I need that time at the start of class to take attendance, to pull up what we're going to be doing for that day, and to just get settled to dive into class period with my students. So this is a benefit procedurally for both them, but then also for you to have that space just to breathe for a second. The second reason I really love prime times is because it's an opportunity for me to daily check in and see how my students are keeping up with the content. Prime times have truly become like an essential component for how I assess my students, and they're really just foundational for my entire grading strategy. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before, but I kind of have two pillars, if you will, in my grading philosophy. They're kind of like two standards I live by, so to speak. One is that I return all graded work within 24 hours because I feel like the point of collecting and grading something is to provide feedback for students. And if that feedback isn't timely, it loses its effectiveness. You know, when you're collecting a ton of stuff and then you're not, your students aren't getting it back for over a week, they don't even remember what it was that they did. Whereas if you're giving them back something they did yesterday, it's fresh in their mind and they can really learn from the feedback you provide. And then the second kind of pillar of my grading philosophy is I don't bring work home to grade. This is for my own sanity, and it's how I protect my home time from my work time is I just don't bring the work home. And so in order to live by these two standards, 
I don't have time or capacity or energy or ability to collect assignments and grade them for accuracy daily. I just cannot do it. And I talked about this in episode three. So if you missed that one, go back a little bit when we talked about resetting our grading strategies. So this is why I grade most work that I grade is for completion. I'm grading the classwork we're doing in class for completion, the spot check type of thing so that we can go over it immediately and learn from it. And I use prime times in order to grade something for accuracy daily because I know that I need to lay my eyes on student work every day to make sure they're really getting it. So how do I do this? I only give students five questions maximum a day on their prime time because they're only getting five minutes to do the prime time. So it needs to be a reasonable amount of questions for them to do in that amount of time. And then it's a very small amount that I'm actually having to grade so I can do it really quickly. And I love this because they do their prime time, I collect it, and I'm able to check in on each kid daily in this way. So I have a gauge on where my students are, how I need to adjust instruction either for that day or the next day. And then my favorite is who I need to chase down and get them to come see me during lunch or after school for tutoring. So I love doing prime times for this reason. It is a more effective and efficient use of my time to grade this small five-question assignment daily than it is to try to grade mountains of practice handouts at the end of the week or a stack of labs when it's already too late to track down students to correct those misunderstandings. So I need to know, if we covered Punnett squares yesterday, today, at a minimum, can you identify genotypes and phenotypes from the question. And then maybe two days later, can you solve a simple Punnett square? And then maybe three days later, can you do a dihybrid? So I'm able to check in on those things. I don't want to find out on the test that you're still not sure of the difference between a genotype and a phenotype. So prime times are an absolute game changer for me assessing my students and knowing exactly where they are every day. And then the third reason I found them really effective is that they motivate students to think about my class daily. I do not assign homework, and that's something I will talk about down the road on the podcast. So my students aren't necessarily doing science for me every day at home, but they know that every class period, they will have a prime time the next day. And so because of that, a lot of my students do take a few minutes at night to review their notes every day before class, knowing that that prime time is coming. And implementing prime times has gotten my students to start reviewing and studying the content sooner than the day before we have a quiz or a test because they kind of see it almost as like a mini quiz every day. Additionally, it's an opportunity to really benefit students who are studying and taking notes. I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be hard to get some students to take notes. They just don't think they need to. And prime times have been really helpful for me to get my students to take notes because they see that if they take notes, it will help them on the prime time. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to how to implement them. I make sure too that the questions, these are not like the in-depth higher order thinking questions that I'm asking more on an open response question on a test. These are very simple, very basic concepts from the content taught the day before. This is just a way to do a quick assessment of like, are you tracking with me or are you not tracking with me? Also, it really motivates absent students to stay caught up with their work because 
If a student has an unexcused absence in my class, I personally require them to do the prime time the day they return. So that keeps them motivated to keep up with at the bare minimum their notes because both they benefit from this and I benefit from this if they've been out of school and they at least come back and they're current on where we are in the content acquisition process. Then we can catch them up on labs and things like that a little bit later. So hopefully these three reasons have convinced you that maybe considering implementing a prime time would be worthwhile for you and for your students. But now I want to talk to you about how to do this practically, how to implement these the most effectively so that they will, again, reduce your workload rather than add to it. So here are those five things you need to know. One, you need to make it a priority to do this daily. In order to get the benefit of the procedure and the management that comes from it as a whole classroom strategy, you need to be doing it every day so students like walk in and they just get used to it. They know they're walking in, they're sitting down, they're doing this every single day. And I found too, my students know the ones that know that they want a little bit more time than the five minutes I offer, they will hustle and bustle to my classroom so that they have the class period change time to get a little bit of extra time on their prime time. And so you really need to do it daily so it establishes that routine for your students. And I really feel like students of all ages do so well with structure and routine. I've really never had a student in my teaching career that has complained about the fact that they know what to expect in my class every day. We always start with a prime time and I always have the agenda written on the board so they can see we're doing this and then this and then this. And they really appreciate that. Now, The only time I would not necessarily do a prime time or I would consider skipping one would be on a lab day or a test day. So on a test day, there's really no purpose for it because we're about to take an assessment together anyway. But for a lab day, if it's gonna be a lab that I'm really stressed about time on, I may take the prime time out just so we can dive in straight away. But one way I really like to do prime times on lab day is I like to make the prime time for the students reading over the lab and then answering some very basic questions as like pre-questions for the lab. I found that when I've asked students to like read over a lab for homework or, or we like read it in class, they're just not absorbing it. And so this is a way I've utilized prime times on lab day to make them really effective and help students really prepare for labs. Now, we're going to talk about labs a lot more in the future because I know that lab day can be really stressful, and so I'm going to share some tips for that in the future. Don't worry. But my favorite way to really go over a lab and kick it off is to go over it the day before we actually do it, and then you can kind of have that prime time the next day. But those are kind of the two days that I may skip a prime time. Other than that, we're doing one every single day. Okay, my second tip for implementing these is to have students just use one piece of paper for the whole week and they're gonna reuse it every day. So every Monday, my students know they pull out a fresh piece of paper when they get to class and they're gonna use that for that entire week's prime times. And then at the end of the five minutes, I tell them to pass them backwards or pass them to the side, however your classroom's organized, and I gather them that way. And I like doing it this way because then they kinda get collected in order and then I am able to put them on students' desks within 30 seconds of the previous class leaving. So when the bell rings and my first period is walking out the door, I am pulling up period two's prime time on my projector and I'm just placing their prime time answer sheet face down on their desk and then I'm in the hallway for the rest of the class change period. And so I love doing this because, again, it makes it easy for me to collect and return them to students and it saves paper for students and you're not just not having to keep up with as much because especially if you're only doing them 
maximum five questions a day, they're not gonna need a lot of room to write their answers. And then when I collect them, I paperclip them and I keep them on my demo table with a post-it note with the answer key and I grade them throughout the class period, which I will also talk about in a second. But I do wanna say, I've had a lot of teachers tell me that they love to have their students answer these digitally with a Google form or something like that. And you can totally do that. That is so great if that is your thing. I am still old school. I just like doing things on paper if possible. And I can grade something that's on paper so quickly compared to how I grade things that are digital. And I know there's ways you can automate and all of that, but know that you have the freedom to do this however is best for you. But for me, I still like to collect the paper every week. So now let's talk about grading. I think the third important thing for doing prime times effectively is you have to collect and grade it daily. So I found if you kind of wait until the end of the week, if you're going over them right away, students are just going to change their answers. So it's not really, you're not going to be able to see if they're really getting it. And the whole point of collecting it each day is I want to make sure every day I've like had a touch point with each student in my classroom. And this makes that happen within the first five minutes. Now, the other thing I try to do when I'm grading is I try to grade them all within the class period that they are in my class. So I know this sounds crazy, but the reason I do this is because then I can see which three or four or however many students are really, really lost. And I can either try to make time during the class period to follow up with them, or I can say, hey, just saw your prime time. I want to meet with you in tutoring. Can you come by at lunch? Can you come by after school today? Worst case, can you come by tomorrow? And we figure out when we can gather and get caught up. So you may be wondering, how do I find time in my class period to grade these? And let me tell you something. You would be amazed how many little pockets of time there are in even a 50-minute class period to grade a few of these at a time. So like if we are lecturing, if we're going through a class lecture, while students are writing, I will grade a few after I've kind of talked through a slide and answered their questions. Or if I send them out to work independently on a practice handout, I'll grade a few before I start walking around and circulating with students. Or if it's a lab day, I will, when students are gathering their materials or they've gotten together and they're working on their analysis questions, I will grade a couple then. And so I'm able to really grade an entire classes in under three minutes. And again, I make sure that I'm writing questions in a way that the answers are really brief and I can grade them extremely quickly. And I don't leave a ton of feedback on the sheets. I simply just mark like minus zero or minus one because I make them for five points every day. So I'm not leaving a lot of feedback on the sheet because I'm immediately going, we're immediately going over it after I've collected them. And then I'm also reaching out to each student individually that you know missed four or five points and really needs some reinforcement. And then what I'll do is at the end of the week, so on Friday, I'll tally up their points for the whole week and I'll put a score in the grade book one time out of 25 points. So if we had a bell ringer prime time every day for five days, it's a 25 point grade in the grade book. So I'll just add up, okay, they missed one on this day, two on this day, and none the rest of the days. That's minus three. They got a 22 out of 25. And I will link in the show notes some blog posts I have on this so you can see pictures with examples of exactly what I mean when I say how I tally these up. Okay, so that's the third thing. You're gonna make sure you're gonna collect them every day and grade them. And if you can, grade them within the class period. That way they don't pile up, but then also you're able to give students that immediate feedback. Okay, fourth tip, don't make your students who are absent 
redo prime times or make them up. That becomes a headache for you and it becomes a headache for them. You don't need to be chasing down absent students to make this up. If kids are absent, I just make a note on their paper for that week when I'm grading them. So as I'm grading the classes for that day, if I get to Casey's and Casey was absent, I write absent, you know, and I put the date like 1-10 or whatever it may be. Then at the end of the week, when I'm calculating their total score, I calculate their score out of how many days they were present, and then I just convert it and so that I get a score for the whole week. So for example, if a student missed one class period, they were only there for 20 points of the 25 points possible. Let's say they earn a 15 out of 20 for the four days they were at school. I calculate the percent of that, which 15 divided by 20 times 100, that's a 75%, and then I take that, I take 0.75 and I multiply it by 25 to get their score out of 25 for the week. So a 19 out of 25, that's what goes in the grade book. Again, if you go to the blog posts that are linked in the show notes, I have pictures showing you kind of how I do that. It'll make more sense than hearing it. But that makes it so much easier because then you're not having to make them make them up. And then you can kind of do a judgment call. If they've missed two or three days, really three or more, I'm just going to exempt them for the week. I don't know how your grade book works, but mine always has had an option where I can put in an X or an E or something that basically the grade just doesn't count. It doesn't hurt them or help them. It's not a zero. It's not an anything. And so that's what I'll do for students who miss a lot of days in a week. Do not have them make it up. I promise you it's not going to be worth it. Okay. And then my last tip for making this work for you and not against you is accommodate for your students. You know, if you're listening, you're a teacher. I hope so. If you're not, you might just be my mom listening to this. I'm not sure how you ended up here unless you're related to me. And if you're not a teacher, but if you're a teacher, you know that accommodation is like 90% of our job. It's just accommodating for different learners needs, whether it's an official accommodation you have to legally implement or just one that you're doing off the fly because you see your students need this. And so I mentioned before, some students need to use notes and that's okay. Some of your resource students may need to be given the questions in advance. That's okay. You do what is best for your students and just do your best to maintain the purpose and the integrity of the assessment. So the purpose is to know where students are that day based on what they learned the day before. So do whatever you need to do to retain that, but still to serve your students. Personally, I allow all my students to use their notes on their prime times. One, because as I mentioned earlier, it encourages them to take good notes. And even when they miss class, it motivates my absent students that before they come back, they want to catch up if any notes were taken so that they have those to use. Another reason I like letting them use their notes is I'm not expecting them to have everything memorized within 24 hours of learning it. But I do want them familiar enough with the content that they could, with the reference of their notes, be able to answer the questions within the five-minute time limit that I have. And then another reason I like letting them use their notes is my students do not forget their science binders for me at all. I do something called packets. It's an organizational strategy I use to give students all of the student handouts that they would need for the entire unit at once. So I'm only making copies once a unit. And so they have to bring that every day so that they're prepared for the lab or for the inquiry activity or for the notes or whatever it may be. And my students don't forget those. People ask me all the time, how do your kids keep up with the papers? They know that their packet, and their, which is in their binder, is life. And they want to bring it because they want it to help them on their prime time too. So that's really motivating for them as well. 
Okay, that is how I engage my students within the first five minutes of class every day. It's by implementing these prime times. It has been so helpful for me and my students procedurally and with classroom management to start class the same way every day. And then especially with just assessments and making sure I'm really checking in with my students daily without having the burden of a ton of stuff I'm collecting and grading every day. By using those first five minutes strategically, you can free yourself up to grade way less and have a few minutes to yourself to get transitioned between your class periods. So if you're looking for a practical way to reset the tone of your class and your grading strategies, I urge you to try prime times. It's never too late in the year to try something new with your students. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to enter our giveaway that I'm doing this month to celebrate the launch of the podcast. Again, the hope is to support as many secondary science teachers as possible with this podcast, and I would love your help to make that happen by sharing with your teacher friends. So to enter, you just need to share this podcast anywhere on social media, in a teacher Facebook group or on your Instagram stories are great places to do that. And then after you share, direct message me a screenshot of your post as your entry. So send that to me on Instagram. My Instagram is linked in the show notes and that's all you have to do. And then if you want to earn a bonus entry, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be an awesome way to support the show. And at the end of the month, I will randomly select two winners from all the entries and those two winners will get to choose between two gifts. You can either have $100 in store credit to It's Not Rocket Science Resource Shop or you can have a $30 TPT gift card and an It's Not Rocket Science custom Arctic tumbler to keep your coffee hot or your water cold or whatever your drink of choice is at school. So thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.